Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. In these episodes of this podcast, I will be sitting down with various guests to connect over who they are, their happiness, and lessons they've learned. I believe life is like a book. Each chapter is a piece of our development and growth with the good, the bad, and everything in between that ultimately makes up our story. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences and opinions throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm going to start this off by saying this is yet another episode that I tried to do in person, trying to be a podcaster, had mics ready, the whole thing. And when I went to edit it, was just awful audio. And that's my fault because again, I didn't learn how to use them and the audio system properly and probably and whatnot. But on the upside, you'll still get to see cute clips of us on Instagram from the first time we did this. And now this is the second time we get to do this. And who knows what this conversation will be. Without further ado, let me introduce my guest, Amandine Raphael, one of my close friends. And a friend I made during the pandemic, which is an interesting time to make friends because you're not leaving your home and you're having to really go out of your way to socialize. And I will just start by saying I kind of knew from the moment I met you that I was going to be your friend, whether you liked it or not, because I will say she is absolutely no bullshit. She's very to the point. And in the same sentence, she's also incredibly kind, incredibly loyal and a great friend, but she's, you're just no bullshit. Like it's, there's no sugarcoating anything. No, no. I mean, come on. We went to the first time we went, we went to happy hour Mm -hmm. to Mexican place and they had no beer on the happy hour menu. Like what kind of place is that? It wasn't that they didn't have beer on the happy hour menu. They had no beer at all. And that's where I got a glimpse of you. And I kind of like laughed to myself because it was like the waiter came over and was like, what do you want? And you're like, oh, can I get a beer? And he was like, we don't have beer. And you're like, you don't have beer? Yeah. Like, what? And he was yeah. like, no. And it was, it was funny at the time. You're like, you're very assertive. You're very um, like confident. You're very sure of yourself. I think I get the impression, whether you agree or not, that you just know exactly who you are. And that's yeah, a very nice I trait. Mean, I think that's, I know that like, that's always like I come across like also, with people I'm friends now with at the beginning, they were like, oh, I didn't know if I liked you because you have like such a strong character in that sense, as you say. (laughs) And I think that's just a bit, I don't know, like I heard that from Rihanna quote last time, like also when you're not happy, you just pretend kind of like, I don't know. I, I would not say that I am a very like assertive person like every day, but it's true that in an outside world, if I go out, um, I am kind of that way, but sometimes I also have my bad days. Yeah. That way. Well, I admire that about you because I'm somebody that probably my biggest like insecurity is I want people to like me. And I think that you just walk in the room as you are and whether you 
are thinking this on the inside or not, I feel like there's no second thought about whether or not somebody will like you. Like you're just oh, yeah. who you are. I don't care about that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like straight to the point. Um, I think like when you are younger, um, teenager, or even like when I was um, like puberty hit, mm-hmm. um, I was always like the nerd of my friends. So at some point, like they're like, oh, you always like just studying and stuff. So at some point that like kind of started affecting me and then, you know, we kind of like try to fit in and you want to make friends. And like, mm-hmm. I think when you're younger, um, it kind of counts to have more friends than actual real good friends. Oh, yes. And at some point, I think in my life, I was just like, yeah, this is not gonna like, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be someone. I'm, so now I just don't really care anymore. If you don't <laughs> like me, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I have my people that I like. Um small circle but true friends and I'm okay with that but uh, yeah you will never see me trying to pretend to be someone <laughs> maybe for like some specific people you know if I run into George Clooney or you know <laughs> if you run into someone I can be whoever you want me to be <laughs> exactly with if it's like someone that you would meet where you're like oh my god I totally want to hang out with Kate Middleton yes I'll like, <laughs> pretend to be someone I'm not but jokes aside um yeah no that's no. too much work for no very I, I I appreciate that of you that's a that's a great trait and more about you you're from Luxembourg you speak English French German a little bit of Spanish Portuguese and Luxembourgish like wow I mean yeah uh, that is uh true <laughs> <laughs> um I'm from Luxembourg Europe not Wisconsin by oh, the way, just I didn't know we had that to give precision. that. Yeah. yeah, you never know, you know, because <laughs> like I, some people here, when I tell them I'm from Luxembourg, they always think like in Wisconsin, but so I always make the precision that um, it's actually from Europe, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I'm originally, my parents are from Portugal, so I have like Portuguese roots, but was born in Luxembourg, and thanks to our, I would say, great educational system, um, you learn a lot of languages, so depending on your background, where your roots are from. And if you go to Luxembourg to school, you will speak four or five languages easily. So that's most of our population. If you talk to people that go to Luxembourg, everyone will be able to at least speak those four languages. So that's, that's great. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good. That's one thing we should have in this country is I think like the second language should be incredibly important. Yeah, it's it's very like when you are young and you have to sit through all these hours because it's very intense. Like we have Mm -hmm. one year of high school more than the average, Mm. um, the average country because of the languages. So you start off with really 10 hours of German a week at the age of six. So it's very intense. And when you are in school, it's true that you don't realize the full potential of it. But like once you go to university or just you try to travel across Europe, yeah. or like you, go to the US, you just realize that you can literally understand most of it. And that yeah. is such a true, like really a gift. But then also the frustrating part is when you don't understand the language, because then you're like, how am I not understanding this? Like you yeah. always used to understand something, but like, if you come up with like, I don't know, any Russian or Greek, something very, very different, very yeah. frustrating for us not to be able to understand. Yeah, I imagine. But then you have something like Italian and you're like, oh, this would be an easy language for me yeah. to learn. 
100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's like something I still want to pick up on to learn Italian, but it's just, I mean, when you reach a certain age, you're telling me it's not the easiest. uh, Look, um, they lied to me when we, when my family moved to Germany, they were like, you know, English is a Germanic language. Like, I'm sure you'll learn it. (laughs) What a lie. Like (laughs) I going to Italy, having spoken Spanish for the majority of my life, I could pick up more Italian because of that in Germany could not pick up German because I spoke English. Like, yeah. I mean, English and, and English and, and German are very, very different. I mean, yeah, kindergarten is about the closest thing. Yeah. It's like similar. <laughs> yeah, like literally some, some words uh, that, yeah, you can associate like that. But no, I would not say that those are very alike. Oh. I, I must say your parents uh, <laughs> have done you wrong. <laughs> yeah, we were all surprised. Let me tell you. But it's a great country though, Germany. So uh, love Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you learned some words. I mean, we've yeah. talked a bit and it's it's yeah. good. Yeah. And you're the co-founder of a nonprofit association, Narin. Narin? How do I pronounce it? Uh, it's Narin. Yeah. Narin. So neither yeah. one of what I just said. <laughs> close though. Close. By. Narin. <laughs> neither one. So yes. tell me a little bit about that. Indeed. So we actually like since moving to the U.S., um, I kind of like stopped being active in it just because it was very um, difficult to time manage and with the time zone. So I kind of took a break. We put everything on hold. But basically, our main mission was that disregard of any ethnicity, race, gender, whatever orientation, um, we just want to be like an inclusive and diverse NGO. And that's what we tried to come across um, through our projects that we had. So it all started off with in 2015, where you had a very big flux of immigrants coming from Syria to Europe. Um, We had around 1 million um, refugees coming to um, Germany um, in 2015 in September. And um, basically, I mean, the resources that we had were not really great, Mm -hmm. or we were not really prepared as Europe to Um, take so many people in and so there were like a lot of journals putting out newspapers putting out um, just some 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 articles where they were looking for clothes collections anything that could help um, yeah that could help these people out and basically Michelle he texted me I was still at university I was had like one exam to finish and he was like oh yes this is your fiance yeah, my recent fiance. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he was like, "Hey, I just saw this newspaper article um, where they're looking for clothes. I'm going to go through my um, to my clothes tomorrow and just going to see whatever I can donate." And I was like, "Well, just wait for me because I'll be back in two days anyway, and then um, I'll do the same and I'll join you." Um, and Michelle was like, "Well, actually, let me just see if some of my friends want to do the same thing." So Michelle goes ahead with his um, very limited social media skills, creates an event (laughs) and forgets to put the event on private, which I mean, now, now looking at it was, yeah, now it's great, but (laughs) we woke up the next morning and we had like over, 
I know it was like 3000 people already wow. and by the end of the week it was like 11,000. So we were like, okay, this is not, we cannot pick stuff. How up are you going to get car. all those? Yeah. Exactly. All those donations. Oh my gosh. So we had, fortunately, like the good thing about Luxembourg is, you know, it's very tiny. So you yeah. always know someone that knows someone. So we were able to um, work with two companies um, to get trucks. So we just two Saturdays, we sat there in a parking lot and we just told people we will be here. If you want to donate stuff, just come by. Yeah. And that's how it went. We basically wow. it was like it was crazy. The first so we we basically on Saturday, we collected everything. Then on Sunday, we put together a whole plan to make sure that once we go to sort everything that we actually know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then we took two weeks, one week to sort basically through everything. So we had like 108 people joining us on a weekly schedule. We had um, tons of like companies donating food for people that were helping out, um, so it was like a whole thing. And then the second weekend, actually, we did this, a collection again. Um, but then we did it immediately at that company's place so mm -hmm. that we did not have to drive. And um, yeah, and then the second week, wow. exactly the same. And then we would have like companies join us with their employees to help us sort out. It was a super cool experience. Funny thing is that Michelle and I actually never cl cleaned out our closet. <laughs> really after all that yeah because we were just caught by surprise so much that like yeah. we were I think we were working like literally 20 hours a day over those two weeks like we just got some sleep we were like working all day in the like sorting out everything with everyone wow yeah you know, in that yeah in that small room yeah. I mean. you're and going then, through everybody else's stuff like you have no time to go back to your own yeah. closet so we were there like at, at six in the morning, making sure everything is fine for everyone that came in, you know, like mm -hmm. make sure everything is neat and tidy. And then we left at like 7 p.m. that we got home and then we had to answer through 80 messages on Facebook from people like still, you mm -hmm. know, wanting to donate stuff and everything. So, yeah, it was definitely that's how the NGO started off. And then we did different projects where we collaborated with the University of Luxembourg to get students to be able to participate in in um to actually be able to get a degree from their university so take actively in classes we did like soccer tournaments where we where we build teams including like refugees and luxembourg residents basically to kind of take away some stereotypes that people had and that was actually a very successful wow. um tournament that we had where people at the end just really talking to us were like well they are actually just like us. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point we're trying <laughs> to do here. Yeah, to literally show you that those people did not flee because they, they wanted to leave their country. Like it's a war zone. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's really an amazing thing that you guys were able to do. And I yeah, it was definitely one of, I think one of the proudest things I've ever did so far yeah. in my, in my life. So yeah. it was definitely cool. Yeah, that's super cool. And so you've now been living in the United States for what, three, four years now? In September, oh. it's going to be three years. Three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So How like our, time flies. Wow. So our friendship is like almost three years old. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. We'll have Talking to throw like a small, small yeah. friendship party. Yeah. Before you leave us. Yeah. Um, which is fine. 
So what was that experience like to pick up, to first find out that you're moving and then pick up everything and leave? Um, so the first day where I actually heard that I might be moving to the U.S., I was like, no way. Like, nah. <laughs> like no, absolutely not. I'm going to join that crazy country. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, the media does the U.S. dirty a bit. Let's put it that way. So I was like, yeah, not really going to happen. Um, and then the more I got to think about the whole idea, you know, like mm -hmm. some weeks kind of passed. And then there was like this one day, Sunday morning, where we were like, OK, we have to make a decision now. And then we were just thinking about it. And I was like, well, we just finished our like I finished my studies. We had nothing that was holding us back. So we're like, let's just go. Yeah. And so we, we were like, OK, let's go. And then we packed anything we could pack into suitcases each, moved out of our apartment and took the plane and landed here in Washington, D.C. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, you'll never regret like going, but you'll regret not going, right? Like you might as well yes. try it out. Yes, that was 100% my, my thought too. Like now looking back at it, I'm like, how was that even up for debate to not come here? Because- it's exactly as you say. I think if I wouldn't have come, to be honest, I wouldn't have known how great of an experience it is and mm -hmm. how much I would have missed out on. Mm -hmm. Like now I can actually just encourage everyone to, to make those decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's super scary, 100%, and it's really not easy, but it can be totally worth it if you give it a shot. Yeah, to move somewhere and start a life somewhere else. Yeah. How exciting. And and give it time. I mean, it's yeah. not something that, you know, you're going to be like, it's going to take two weeks to settle in. It took yeah. me six months, even yeah. six more, I think nine months to settle in, especially with the whole pandemic. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that was definitely an, yeah. Uh, an experience. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first moment you felt like, Ooh, I live here. Like this is my life right now. Like it's not just this place I'm visiting, but like I am living here. Um, yeah, I had my, so I had my very first cultural shock and that's when I realized, <laughs> okay, this is for real now. When I went to a Trader Joe's. Oh my gosh. So I went into mm. Trader Joe's and I go into the store and I just go like, what on earth is this store? <laughs> what is this? I did not see like any branding, you know, like international yeah, yeah, yeah. brands that you can see. Um, I don't know, like Barilla Pasta. You don't have Barilla yeah. Pasta at Trader Joe's. So I was like, yeah, where am I? So that was like where I completely felt, okay, I'm not home anymore. Like this, yeah. this is, this is it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go to Trader Joe's for a whole year. I was like traumatized by that store yeah. because it didn't feel like familiar at all. So it was yeah. really like, I was not expecting the cultural shock to be that big. And then I discovered other stores, of course, where I could find my Barilla pasta and Nutella <laughs> and everything, the brands that I was looking for. But then I like, after a year, I gave Trader Joe's another shot and I was like, I love it. It's my favorite store. Yep. <laughs> right? I had the same experience and I'm American. Like I... I thought the same thing I was going in and I was just like, I don't know what I'm looking for here. Like exactly. nothing's the same, but after you go in for a few times, you feel a little more comfortable. I love Trader Joe's. Yeah. The vibe. 
no, that was def that was definitely one of the things where I was like, okay, this is real now. And also like once we moved into our apartment, like the moment mm -hmm. we got our keys to our place, I was like, okay, this, yeah. this is real now. Like, you know, there's just like no going back yeah. now. Yeah. Which listeners, and her apartment is like straight out of an architectural digest video. Like literally walk me around your got soup. It's that was beautiful yeah. that was the perks of uh moving here during COVID the rents yeah. were super cheap so yep. we signed a lease for three years to make sure wow increase our rent so that was a good deal that we did for sure that's good that's really good we like we, we like a good steal <laughs> yeah and so since you've lived here you've been doing a lot of traveling around the U.S. You're like taking advantage of it way more than I think even I have. Well, you know, depending, but you're taking advantage of living here by doing a lot of road trips and trying to hit all 50 states. Can you tell us some of your favorite places that you visited? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, this country, to be honest, like now I'm like completely in love with the U.S., Every, especially like national parks. I mean, it's out of this world, never seen parks like those. And so, yeah, the more we're getting into it, we realize mm -hmm. we're close to 50 states. So like, OK, we're going to hit we want to hit the 50 states. So that's kind of our mission. And I think so far, my top, really like what I really, really liked and I would recommend and it's going to be, I think my top one, at least for another, I hope another while, um, it's Washington State. I mean, mm. you have Seattle, which is great for great food, but then you have like those three national parks, Mount Rainier, you have um, Olympic National Park and North Cascades. And it's just so diverse. So you go there and basically you have so much to do and you just see a different scenery basically every day. Mm -hmm. The rainforest, the beaches, mm -hmm. the mountains, it's, it's just beautiful mm -hmm. and stunning. So that's definitely my top one. And then of course, anything close, um, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, like those three, absolutely stunning as well. Um, if I could buy a ranch up there <laughs> like as a vacational, I totally would. Uh -huh. And uh, also a bit of an underdog, I would say, is a bit is South Dakota. To be mm. honest, I was not expecting much of it. Um, also because people like, why even going to South Dakota? Was that to see in South Dakota? And I was like, well, it actually looks pretty nice. And we went there and it was actually amazing. It's like uh, you have Badlands National Park and also a lot of like just nature. And it's way, way less crowded than if you go to Grand Canyon or Yellowstone. So it's yeah. actually a really, if you want to be like outdoors, see wildlife, it's actually a great state to go to. So that's definitely Ooh. up there as well. Oh, I love that. Can only recommend. Yeah. So let's jump in to the first topic, which is happiness. Ames, can you define happiness for me in your own words? Yeah, that was an... Uh... A tricky one. When I read that question, I was like, oh, damn, that's so philosophical. You know, like <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to come up with something. Yeah, I don't know. But then at the end, I was just like, to be honest, happiness, I think is just being, you know, having fun, laughing, being good in yourself, you know, just the good, basically. Yeah, yeah. the good, the contentment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what are some of the things that make you happy? Uh, very, I think like some, just very, the simple stuff, 
like in the morning when Michelle screams like hola it's like the first like hola it's like hello hola you know we just like always scream that like yeah like children it's pathetic but I love it and um also like a clean home Mm. I am very I just like when you know it's like my safe place and I when everything is just like tidy it just makes me actually feel very happy and then of course the one and only food I love yes. food. <laughs> food yes. um, is just great. Um, so comforting and trying something new. It's there's just like some happiness with that as well. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. You're a perfect hostess, I will say, to add on to the food part and the home part. Like your place, since we've been friends, your place is the place that we gather. And that's where we come for wine. That's where we come for game nights. That's where we come for holidays. And you put out a spread. I mean, the charcuterie board you put out probably the first, was it the first time we came over? Us girls, like it was basically the length of your dining room table, just charcuterie everywhere. And, And I have to give you a lot of credit as well. Like I have so many food allergies and you are one of the very few people I know that is like dared to cook for me and has done well every time and been so respectful. And it's, it is like touch my heart. Like, I, I like a challenge, that. you know. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know how exactly. Competitive I am. Oh my god! Tell me, I can't eat the something. Most. I want to cook you something. No, we actually like to be honest. In September, like guys, we have to do a new wine tasting. Like we've yeah. been trying to organize that for so long. So now, yeah, I have to. you're the one traveling I all know. the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Try- you the keys, and you'll just do it without. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. You're the one hitting all fifty states. Uh, but you also introduced me to uh, raclette, raclette which, yes. which I had no idea what it was. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about it? Yes. So raclette is this amazing Swiss dish, basically. Um, I don't know. I, it's To me, it's just unreal that people in the U.S. have never heard about raclette <laughs> because it's the best thing ever. So it's basically just an, I don't even know how you call that. It's an, it's like a grill for the table. Yes, it's like a correct. hibachi, but it's like travelable. Correct. It's small. It's, exactly. It's like a grill. And basically you have these small pans where you can put your cheese in it. So you put mm-hmm. it and then it basically your cheese will melt. And on top you can put like either veggies or like meats, burgers, like mini burgers, eggs, mm-hmm. whatever, like your heart desires. Mm-hmm. And you eat it with potatoes. So basically it's like melted cheese on potatoes, which is chef's kiss. Yeah. And it's just like such an, the cool thing about a raclette is basically like, you can just put anything on the table you want. You can accommodate yeah. everyone's wishes, but it's also just like an interactive way of cooking because yeah. it doesn't take much time to prepare. So as mm-hmm. a host, it's like the great thing. It takes you like, I don't know, you just literally need to boil the potatoes. And yep, then everyone definitely. just has a good time. And mm. I, I love it because it's just, you share that moment of, you know, cooking your food, but also discussing, you have to wait a bit because your food is cooking. So you actually interact. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. People no, should it's... know about raclette. Yes. So check it out. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Buy it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. It's not, ex- you can get, actually, I got my raclette on Amazon. So there you go. And you can also get one for two people only. So it's a small, oh, a small one, one if it's just for That's yourself cute. Yeah. with a small candle. Yep. And it works Aww. perfectly too. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Hmm. And so when do you feel the most like yourself? Oh, 
to be honest, um, most of the time, I think just at home or when I'm traveling. I don't know. I it's a that's actually it's a good question. I don't think I would ever not feel like myself um, because I just accept that I have bad days too. So oh. you know, I don't know. Um, like lately, actually. Um, I had like a lot like work, just like a lot of stress with actually, I mean, traveling the time zones, I had to work uh, late hours and everything. So it was kind of rough, which literally my body was telling me like, you know, yeah. like it was shutting down. Like I had like big panic attacks. So it was like rough for me because that, that was like, okay, this is not happening right now. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like right now where I was at this stage where I realized, okay, at the moment I'm not great. So just trying to get that stress level down and, you know, booked in like a therapy appointment just to know how to deal with panic and anxiety, because it's something I never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And I want to get back to myself. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's something I've been working on as well. I think it's just, you get into those different stages of how you feel and you just have to learn how to deal with yeah. those <laughs> yeah and each one is still a version of you so that's oh yeah 100%, yeah yeah so then how do you balance your stress and yes. that in your life um going for walks and workouts so whenever I like really realize that I'm like really starting to stress a lot like have mm-hmm. a lot of pressure I kind of like get very not anxious but like I have too much energy inside of me in that mm-hmm. sense. That's when I'm like, okay, I needed a good workout or just yeah. like put on some good music and go for long walks. That's like literally how I, I decompress yeah. and cope with stress for sure. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things that the pandemic gave was this love for being outside. Like yeah. I never went on walks before. Like I felt like I needed to be somewhere else and to just go for a walk now is a nice nice break it's so calming like there's I mean not in this humidity in oh my god see right now it's so bad but like any time of the year going for a walk here is just like it's so beautiful and Mm -hmm. so nice just to put on your music and walk yeah like 5 10 15 minutes just catching some fresh air yeah really, really helps yeah and so what has been some of the most impactful lessons that you've learned in your life or are learning? Uh, I would say, to be honest, um, to not plan too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you? Yes. <laughs> like, as you said, I was, I'm always like a very um, organized and mm-hmm. like planning person, but like at some point, I mean, the whole US thing, for instance, is a perfect thing. Like when I was in in college, I was like, oh yeah, once I go back home, I want to apply for this job in this company. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then, no, you're going to, to the US. You know, I was like, this yeah. was not part of my plan. So it kind of like yeah. threw me off basically. And I think that's a bit what scared me yeah. in that sense because it was not in my life mm-hmm. plan. So now I'm just trying to like, yeah, don't go plan with the flow. that much. Go a bit with the flow, Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is also as you, um, that we just discussed is like stress literally affects you more than you think, like unconsciously. Um, and that's something also I, I don't think I was very aware um, mm-hmm. and that it's actually OK that if you are stressed to, to do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. deal with 
anxiety and all these mental yeah. health um, mm-hmm. issues. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it should not be, you should not be ashamed of those for sure. Yeah. Does it make you weak? It's I mean, like, it's, yeah, you need it. It's, you need a break. It's very easy. If, if you break your knee or if you have knee pain, you go to mm-hmm. a doctor. So why is it such an, you know, big thing if you go check out whatever's going on with your brain, you know? Yeah. Like it's, no, it doesn't make you like any less than to ask for help and to take care of your mental health in the same 100%. way that with your body. Yeah. And I think like with whole COVID, I feel like a lot of people actually like the mental health has become so more mm-hmm. challenging for people because I mean, now we can like, we look back at it and like, oh, oh my God, remember COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you look at the effect it had on people, like at that time it's actually really it's bad I mean everyone was scared and that's just like something you cannot really put off with and just say after two years oh I'm good now mm-hmm. like I now if I if I'm sick I have the flu or something I'm like oh my god am I dying you know is this COVID mm-hmm. is it getting to me so and mm-hmm. um, yeah no you should definitely take care of yourself <laughs> yeah for sure and so what are some lessons that you would like to tell your younger self Uh, to definitely not worry too much and have fun I think Mm -hmm. that is um key also like in that sense to to not care what people think about you if they like you or anything just have fun do whatever you want take risks enjoy Mm -hmm. life and if sometimes you know it's not that good that's okay too you'll have you know rough situations not easy situations but it will get better at some point. Yeah, definitely those. I agree. I agree. And so what is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since becoming an adult and now? Um, I think it would be like what you said that I have indeed put on a bit more like more assertive. Is that how you said it? Assertive. Yeah. Yeah. Being just a bit more all sassy in that sense like (laughs) or in an easy way cut through cut through all the bullshit straight to the point Mm -hmm. and also learn how to say no yeah so it's very I don't know I know that people I mean and even I sometimes in situations it's very difficult to speak up for yourself Mm -hmm. in difficult situations but if you don't no one else will yeah that's a great point yeah it's 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 just how it is because at the end you have to be, you have to take care of yourself and also be able to say no. I mean, I see a lot of people at work that just struggle to say no. And it is tough. The first time you say it, when you say no, people will be like, Oh, she has an attitude or like, Oh, come on. And I'm like, they yeah. only say that about women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> that's true too. But it's just creating boundaries for yourself. I mean, that's what you have to do. And to be just to give you like a certain situation, we had a very um, tough time at work at certain point where we were asked about our opinions. No one spoke up. I spoke up. I got a call from the VP like afterwards where we were discussing. He was he wanted my opinion on me and he told me, I appreciate you really being honest with me about this because that's what we need. It was like, well, yeah, I will always give you my honest opinion. And if you don't appreciate it, then I'm in the wrong company. It's very oh. easy. Like I'm, I'm not... Yeah, as you said, I'm I I cut 
right to the point no bullshit <laughs> if you ask me your honest opinion you will get it whether you like it or not but i will i will say i mean i'll always say constructive in a way i will not yeah. tell you like you're you dumb know. yeah exactly yeah. no you always so, leave with kind, kindness and thoughtfulness yeah definitely that's definitely yeah. it 100%. No. yeah so what is the hardest lesson you think you've ever had to learn that ooh, that uh, failure is okay I think Ooh. that, yeah. Um, no, I started my uh, college education in, uh, in Geneva mm-hmm. and they have a bit of an, uh, a system that if, well, if you have to retake an exam and you basically fail or you don't make the, um, you don't get the grades, well, you basically can't continue studies there. Wow. Yeah. And I was like a very nervous exam taker. Like I would go into that room and like not cry, but be like, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. so got into the exam failed miserably um and couldn't continue there so I was devastated um to the point where I didn't tell my parents for two weeks because I was so ashamed that was failing mm-hmm. uh, but this was all running at the same time as we did our clothing collections for the mm. um in 2015 damn I'm old um, <laughs> Um, for yeah for the refugees at that time and so it was very hard until I spoke to Narin so Narin is actually the girl that we met from Syria and that we named our NGO after Um, you know came through the roughest situation um, by boat from Turkey to Greece walked in 21 days to Germany in the worst condition you can imagine and that's when I was like, okay, my failure here is definitely not, I mean, this is bullshit. I am being completely, I'm ashamed of something that I shouldn't be. And it was like the first point in my life where I really failed. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I might, for me, it might've been the end of the world, but it was like a luxury problem to have. Yeah. And from that, basically from that failure point, well, I moved to another country, learned new people, graduated there. So like good stuff came from failure, basically. Yeah. And that's, I think, a good message to give to everyone. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. be afraid to fail. And if you do so, that's fine. No one yeah. will know 10 years from now. No one yeah. will care. Yeah. And usually you learn from those failures anyway. So, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And they open new doors, you know. Yeah, that's so, true. And so what's the worst advice somebody's ever given you? The worst advice I've ever received is from a lot of teachers to learn everything by heart. I think that's, uh, that's one that definitely, you know, when you grow up and, and uh, your teachers are like, oh, so how is the best way to go about learning this? Oh, just learn it by heart. So yeah, you, of course you go home, mm-hmm. you just memorize everything. And then you just come into your test, you crash it. You like literally just like, yeah, copy paste everything from your brain onto your test you get the good grades you're happy and you continue doing it but I just feel like it's such a bad advice because it you don't really take the time to reflect on what you're learning mm-hmm. or just like to kind of yeah understand and also reflect and build kind of that critical analytical thinking about something um and that's definitely something that like once you reach a higher point like in in college or just through life you like, oh shit, actually, <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to write my own opinion about this, you know? And that's kind of like then where you, I guess, 
struggle a bit. So definitely learning by heart, Mm -hmm. memorizing stuff. I would not say that. That's definitely the worst advice I've ever (laughs) received. No, I completely agree. Like everybody else has different learning styles. So like, that's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. 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 So for me, it, I mean, it worked until a certain point. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Uh, I was debating on that one with myself because I guess yes and no, in a sense. Okay. I guess. So no, if I had to choose, I would say no. Okay. Because everything happens depending on the the choices that you make. That would be like more Mm -hmm. my thinking but some things also happen without you having any choice. So I feel yeah. like if something is going good in your life, you would maybe say, yes, I, this happens for this specific reason because I did good in school, you know, now I get yeah. to go to this university, you know. But I feel like if it's more negative, if something, well, that it's not really great, then I think you're like, why is this happening to me, you know? And then mm-hmm. how would you want to justify it? something negative happening for a reason so Mm -hmm. interesting and so how do you feel about regret uh regrets I what I sometimes regret is when I want to say something and don't Mm. you know when I just want to like yeah I agree you know when I was like okay I wasn't that I don't know I wasn't a it was just part of a conversation you want to say something but you were like oh no I don't want to say it because I know it might not be the right time or you are afraid of saying it. So you don't. And then like, it taunts me like for a couple of days. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I should have said this or I should have done this. But overall, I try not to think much about yeah. it because I mean, it's done now. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't go back and just do it. So you can still, I mean, if you have still something to say, you can still try to then amend it in that sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, a bit lost time mm-hmm. if you just think about regrets all the time yeah and so when do you feel the most challenged when playing monopoly no (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure um I think the most challenged I definitely feel when I leave my comfort zone for stuff like this for this for instance like recording a podcast is definitely not easy I mean I love to talk that don't get me wrong I mean I, mean, I-, I asked you to do <laughs> I asked you to be a guest on this a long time ago yeah you did and it took a couple months for you to say yes yeah understandably because, yeah it was because I mean I'm just yeah that's for someone that likes to talk a lot still in that sense <laughs> I'm a bit introverted like Picking up, like, also a big challenge for me, picking up the phone and doing my own doctor's appointment. I oh, still, yeah. I still have my mom do those. <laughs> so it's just like, I or just picking up the phone and calling someone. It's like something mm-hmm. I just can't, I, I don't know why it's just so difficult for me, but I just don't like calling people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, this is something that would be out of my comfort zone or just like big presentations in front of people mm-hmm. although like I am really at ease speaking and once I'm in it I love it it's very challenging at first to yeah yeah to to do it mm-hmm. well thank you for doing this I greatly appreciate it you're welcome <laughs> and doing that's it twice <laughs> yes doing it twice <laughs> but there will only be one recording published I promise <laughs> they were like oh you didn't want to do it first karma there you go (laughs) there you go yep
And so what does a good life look like to you? A good life. Um, I like to have a, a routine. So mm. I think a good life looks like having a good routine, um, being able to do what you want, you know, if it's being successful at your job and working, I know, 18 hours a day, if that's what you want for your life, I think that's great. Go for it. Yep. Might not do the same, <laughs> but I think it just, yeah, don't bother too much about stuff. Do your own thing. Like you, your life has a different time frame, timeline than anyone else's mm-hmm. life. And it's not because, I don't know, Karen is 30, married with four children and has a big house and is successful at her job that you at 30 year old should be at the same pace. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely like a good life to me is something where you are happy with where you at and also accept the fact that you might not be there where you are, (laughs) where you imagined yourself to be. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I know I was always like, oh, at 30, I want to be married and have a kid. Like now I'm turning 30 next year. Like, please don't give me any kids right now. (laughs) So because I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah. I'm I'm liking it. So yeah. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? (laughs) This chance I remember actually from our recording (laughs) because I, uh, uh, yeah, I want to, I think I just want to be remembered as someone as like genuine, nice, but also like sassy, you know, like, oh sassy. yeah. Like just someone saying, oh yeah, that bitch was cool. You know, <laughs> like she was great, but damn, sometimes she could be a lot and that's okay. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think just like kind hearted with a bit of a sassy, <laughs> sassy I, touch. I think you've accomplished that. That's great. I remember you that way. <laughs> that's great. Then I agree. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And so what are you pursuing in this chapter of your life? And the next chapter? Um, in this chapter right now to hit the 50 states, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's currently is really currently in this chapter of my life. I think the best TikTok trend to describe it is like the dink lifestyle, dual income, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just that's funny. basically just working to be able to travel. That's mm. my lifestyle at the moment. Yeah. Going out there, doing those 50 states, seeing as much as I can and, and really enjoying this because I mean, this at the end is not going to be my life in the next five years. Yeah. It's not sustainable basically. Yeah. Um, and then my next life, um, I know. Next chapter would be, yeah. So getting married in 2025 will be like the first. So plan actually a wedding. Oh my God. Stressing me out already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Plan a wedding. um, Move back to Europe. No, nowhere yet. Um, And yeah, be, be, be in a bit of a more senior position, um, Mm. being able to, to work with a team. Um, Oh, yeah. Basic. <laughs> Basic. No, and get I a love dog. That. Get a dog. Really? Oh, oh, I would love that. Can't wait I would to love get a to dog. see it. Yeah, that'll be so good. If I could have like 100 dogs. I would. Like, so you need a big like farm to just have 100 I dogs. Wish. Like a ranch with like hundreds of dogs. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. So great. That, so that's good. happiness. No, I rechanged my whole <laughs> definition of happiness. 
a ranch with over 100 dogs. That's happiness. That's happiness. <laughs> That's happiness for you. I love that. And so my favorite question to ask everyone is, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? I think you know that now because mm-hmm. <laughs> you were surprised at first. I was so surprised. Um, the thing I would have done and pursued if I knew I wouldn't fail would be to be an astrophysicist. <laughs> I know it just sounds, it sounds so weird, but I was always super um, fascinated by planets and the universe and stars. And I don't know where that obsession basically comes from. I, the, the, I mean, what I think it basically comes from was um, whenever I went to spend the summer with my grandma um, in Portugal um, with some friends, we live in this very, I mean, there are not a lot of cars stopping by and it's very, it's a small village. So you don't have a lot of light. So you are able to see the stars like crazy from there. So basically what we used to do is like, at night, we would just lie on our backs and look up to mm-hmm. see the stars. And we would lie there for like two, three hours. And I think that's where, like, where the fascination came from, basically, mm-hmm. for, for the universe. And then just like, yeah, all these, these books, Stephen Hawking, like these speeches, I only understand like 20%, obviously, because <laughs> I have no idea how a black hole exists and how it's possible and everything. But yeah, that's definitely something if I, if I, yeah, if I wouldn't fail at it, definitely try to, to be an astrophysicist. Literally out of left field, but how cool, what an interesting interest of yours that I didn't know you had. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it myself until like, I actually, I, yeah. Until you asked the question, I was like, this is actually super interesting. Yeah. And um uh, it's interesting to see how people take it because everybody has a different answer. And it's yeah. cool when there's like this secret love or passion that somebody has or like desire that they get to kind of expand on. No, definitely. It's, uh, I mean, you learn something new mm-hmm. then every time from a different person. So at least mm-hmm. it doesn't get boring for you as well. No, it doesn't. It's always very interesting. Yeah. Ugh. Well, believe it or not, we have hit the end, which is insane to me. We've done an hour. Twice. Twice. <laughs> I mean, talking to you is always such a pleasure. So I, I, know. I didn't even see that an hour already passed by. I know. I like blink. That's what time's like. We just blink yeah. and it's like we've That's been here true. for four hours. Yeah. Ames, thank you so much for doing this again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> again. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. It's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to talk to you about books again yeah again but it's gonna be interesting hopefully you will (laughs) and everybody stay tuned for the book club episode later this week bye everyone bye thank you for listening to unofficial book club where life and stories meet you can listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on instagram at unofficial book club pod please don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends until next time